It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. I am Tommy Vincent, your host of In Her Words podcast, a Tommy Vincent podcast. And I am delighted today to have joining us at the table, Soraya. Soraya has helped pioneer WWE's Women's Evolution. She is a reality TV star, an actress, and currently a professional wrestler with All Elite Wrestling. Soraya, thank you so much for joining me at the table, and I'm delighted that you're going to be staying a while with me to have a conversation in your words. Thank you, and thanks for having me again for everybody watching. Uh, just so you know, I have multiple monitors, so if you see me look off to her side, I'm just looking at Tommy and her wonderful face. <laughs> It looks like I have an evil leg going on in here with all these monitors, but I'm a streamer. So, <laughs> so many different ones. Yeah. <laughs> we get it. We get it. So we are going to get right into our conversation. And the very first question I have for you is, who is Soraya in your words? Oh, my gosh. So I spent, the, I mean, about half of 11 years in WWE under the wrestling name Paige. So a lot of the world knows me as, well, a lot of the world that is inside, you know, the wrestling world and the reality world knows me as Paige for such a long time. So now I have to be myself, which is Soraya. And it's such a brand new thing, oddly enough, because I'm only 30 and I, I spent half my life being somewhat a different character. So uh, now Soraya is just, um, she's a lot more calm than Paige was. <laughs> Paige was like this crazy, uh, gothic, um, screaming kind of, angry angsty teenager you know and now uh Sreya is more of a mature version of that i would say but yeah i'm just starting to rebrand and kind of get out there as Sreya. so um i'm still kind of building her up so i'm excited to see see where i take her So you're you are described as helping to pioneer WWE's women's evolution this is a two-part question what does that mean to you and how does that responsibility impact the way that you move throughout the industry now? So coming before I got into WWE, even though the women were very talented, uh, the bosses at the time didn't really take the chance on them. So they only got limited amount of time. And if the show was going too long, the girls match or girls segment would be completely cut. 
Uh, it would never be any of the men's, it would be the women's. Uh, all their opportunities would get taken away. Or if they were on the show, it would be very limited time. So like other people's, like the men's matches, matches would be like 25 minutes. Where the women would be like, okay, you got two minutes and that's to walk out to the ring, walk back from the ring and try and do this match while trying to tell a story too. So it was very difficult to be a female in such a male dominated industry. So I remember before I got to WWE, I would send out resumes to people, you know, uh, to different wrestling companies and I would get turned away just for the fact that I was a female wrestler, right? I was, I was a female. And so I already had it in my head, like I wanted to change the trajectory of like how women were perceived in the wrestling industry. And I know a lot of women wanted to do that too. So when I first got to WWE, they were still doing bikini contests and not being taken seriously. And we would essentially be called a, a toilet break where people, that's the time when people would go use the restroom would be during the women's matches. And I got really frustrated with that. And I said, once I get to WWE, like, cause I know I'll get there, I'm gonna change that. Like that's gonna change. Um, so when I got there, I was already different from the way I looked. Like I was pale with all these piercings and dark hair where the girls were like supermodels, you know, they were gorgeous, like glamorous, but they all wanted to, you know, wrestle and stuff, but they weren't treated like wrestlers. So getting there, I felt like a lot of, um, I felt, I felt, I mean, I felt bad for the women. I just wanted them to be taken seriously. So then we all kind of like got together and was just like, okay, we should start changing things around here. Like taking our time, like kicking down doors. And, you know, and I remember being like, I don't want to do these bikini contests anymore. I feel um, like there's kids in the crowd. You want me to take my shirt off and like wave it around in a bikini? Like that's so, to mm -hmm. me, it's inappropriate. I don't like that. So um, that started changing, which I liked. But then when I got up onto the main roster, it kind of, I had to like start again, you know, with like a different crowd of women. And um, one day they were like, you only have two minutes, we got cut. And I just got so frustrated at that point. So me and the Bella Twins and this girl called Emma were just like, you know what? Let's just go out there and do like 10 seconds. You know, it was like, I don't care that you gave us the, these two minutes. We're going to take 10 seconds of that. We do not care at this point. We just like, we've suffered enough when it comes to this mm. kind of stuff. So we go out there, we do it. And then on, um, on Twitter, it's trending for three days. Give divas a chance, which is what we were called in WWE before they changed the name to superstar to kind of um, give us an even playing field with the men. They eventually changed the name of it. But yeah, mm -hmm. so that that's the thing that kind of like started like igniting the fire of the revolution, and then we started getting longer matches and and longer times and more segments on the show, and it all kind of started just from like you know that ball kind of getting the, like everything rolling and everything going, and and so like so it felt really good to be like one of the pioneers for that. You do get a lot of pressure with that because now going to AEW, a whole new company people expect you to do like change things straight away, you know, mm. and it takes time. <laughs> like I feel proud to be a part of it and I'm, I'm really happy to be there, but things do take time. And I feel like the women are already just absolutely fantastic. So there's only little tweaks you can do now, which is, which is great. But some of the fans expect you to get the job done like straight away. And I'm like, it took me years in WWE. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. I've only been in AEW six weeks. <laughs> so I, I feel like a lot of pressure when it comes to that. But um, it definitely feels good to be the one of the pioneers, though. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that you say that because I did see when um, you were your you made your debut um, in um in AEW, I saw that that was part of how you were introduced mm -hmm. and, you know, that you were going to transform the landscape for the women in, in that, um, in that sector. And it, it was just interesting. And then, you know, as I did more research on you and saw that this was part of, you know, what you were known for, it, it made sense to me why that was part of your description. But I have to tell you that I, I found that to be, an inspiration that even in this space, you know, where it's still where women are looking to carve out and take up space that mm -hmm. you are known for making that level of impact. And I want to commend you on that mm -hmm. and having, you know, your stance on, you know, coming in and understanding, yes, it takes time, but you're willing to do the work and be a part of the collective body that's making things better for women. Thank you. Thank you so much. That, that really means a lot. Because like, you know, coming into this at such a young age too, like when I got to WWE, I was 19. Mm -hmm. And doing that at such a young age, it comes with, um, 
also a spotlight on you because with WWE, once you get there, you kind of get thrusted into the spotlight. And I always say getting that kind of level of, you know, notoriety is like, it, is, it can be kind of damaging too. So like mm-hmm. I kind of went through a stage personally where um, even though I was doing well professionally, personally, it was, it was affecting me a lot because I felt the pressure. I felt like I wasn't being a kid, you know, I didn't have a life. So, I mean, I don't know uh, how much digging you, you've done, but like publicly I've had a lot of, um, you know, controversy too. Like I, I had like an addiction, which I've been sober for over five years now. Very proud of that. Congratulations. Um, yes. Thank you. And uh, I like to speak on that to a lot of people too, not just women, but men as well. Like um, even if you hit rock bottom and have these addictions, you can come out of it. And then, you know, I had not the best relationship with somebody too. And then on top of that, um, I had these tapes released about me when I was 19. And uh, I had such a dark moment where I was like, if my family don't accept me for this, I probably wouldn't be here today, right? But they were so supportive and so fantastic. But also, I'm glad all those things happened to me because not only, you know, you're doing stuff, again, for, for women professionally, but behind closed doors too. I can help so many men and women that have been through just personal lives and relationships, drug addictions, um, alcohol addictions, um, not making the best <laughs> decisions with boyfriends <laughs> in the past and then coming to bite you in the butt making making a... Uh, and also helping people kind of navigate around social media too. So there's so many different things I try and help people with because I experienced mm-hmm. them, which is the good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the reason why we know about these things in your life and why it's something that is public knowledge is because your life is in the public eye. Mm-hmm. And as you and I both know, there are people all over the world who experience those very same things and they have to go through them in, in, in secret, if you will. And you had to manage that and still have the spotlight on you and work through that in an open forum, which mm-hmm. I can't imagine is an easy thing to do. Like an example, I have experienced some of all of what you talked about. And I was not in the public eye and I had the opportunity to have that space to figure life out, you know, and I'm at any time people come in a space of judgment about what has taken place or what people have experienced in life. I remind them that I'm sure if we were to pull out a chapter in your life, there's a period in time where people just don't know about it. And you had the opportunity to manage that and to heal from that in your own time and space. But people that are in the public eye, they don't get that liberty. They have the whole world judging them and looking in on and talking about shoulda, coulda, woulda. And to your point of other people being able to benefit from your journey, that's what it's all about. If it's if the light's going to be on, then use that light to make the difference in somebody else's life. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what that's what like like I feel like I'm glad that it ha- all those things happened to me because um I was lucky enough that I was strong enough to come out of it because that could have mm-hmm. broke a lot of people. Um I always called myself a cat, like I have nine lives. I'm just I've been through a lot of things at such a young age. But I just feel so fortunate that it was me because I love helping people and actually being able to speak from experience too and show them that there is an after. You know, you do become a survivor rather than, you know, like that that's the most like the, the most powerful word you can use is saying that you're a survivor. Because you mm-hmm. are, essentially you are. Like you managed to come through all those hardships and what, you know, like I just said, like would have broke most people and come out of it stronger, healthier, and better than you have a thing is I feel healthy. I feel the healthiest I've ever been in my life, even before I had addictions. Like I feel extremely healthy. And um, I, I credit that on everything that I went through because now I know how it feels to be like that. I never want to be like that again. And, and now I just, I get to help so many people with it. So it's so important. It's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. 
It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game Presents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game Presents. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may have heard the saying, it's not what they call you, it's what you answer to. And you mentioned on how for half of your life, you were, as a professional, you were branded under the name of Paige. And now you are Soraya. So what description of you speaks to who you truly are as a woman? And in that process what did you have to leave behind or what did you choose? Not even necessarily did you have to, but what did you choose to leave behind to make sure that Soraya is represented the way that you desire to be represented? So I feel like the most important thing to surround yourself with is your community. And that goes for addiction or anything that you, that you get yourself into. It's so important to have people around you that, that benefit you in a positive way your mental health, your well-being, just everything in general uh, just makes you a better person. You know, like I have a wonderful boyfriend who elevates me now and I mm-hmm. have a handful of friends, that's all you need, I'm telling you, that don't want anything from me apart from me having good health and being happy mm-hmm. and I, I'm fortunate to have a wonderful family too. So the thing that I had to leave behind was those toxic people that I had around me that would encourage me to drink or do drugs or surround myself with the wrong people, you know, like, or weren't there for me when I did hit rock bottom. Cause that's when you really see who your real friends are too. Mm-hmm. And so the handful of people that stuck by me, they're still beside me for a reason. Um, so yeah, when it comes to what I had to leave behind, it's just mostly the people. It was so important to just leave them in, in the past. I don't have any ill will to them. Mm-hmm. They're just not good for Soraya now all professional athletes every single sport uh, there's an expected into your career how do you focus on being the best professional wrestler today and prepare for the next match in your life oh my gosh so i have my first match coming up in five years so um preparing for that 
just in general, like in wrestling, in wrestling times, it's um, nerve wracking. Um, it's intimidating. There's going to be a big spotlight on that um, because I was supposed to be out. Like I got told I couldn't wrestle again five years ago because I would be paralyzed. Um, so I had to completely retire from in-ring competition, which was the most one of one of the most devastating things to happen in my life too. That's another thing, right? Mm-hmm. But I took that and was just like, well, I can either be really sad about this or I can continue on with my life and try and go down other avenues, right? So instead of like dwelling on it and feeding back into my addictions, I went down a path of positivity instead and kept my head high. And was just like, mm-hmm. if, if I was to wrestle one day again, then fantastic. If not, I've come to terms with the fact that I, that I probably won't be able to. Fast forward five years later, I get an MRI, I get a CT scan, I get um, x-rays done on Halloween. And um, they told me that I was completely cleared to wrestle again and that my neck mm. was completely healed. And I was just like, well, do you think I'm going to be paralyzed if I get in the ring? And they said, well, all the fluid is now around your spinal cord. So the you getting um, paralyzed from this would be considered rare. Um, you do have a little bit of cushion there now. So... If anything does happen in the room where you take a, a bump that's a little bit wrong, you're not going to be paralyzed from it. And that was it. I mean, I cried instantly. I called my family back in the UK and I was just <laughs> like, I get to wrestle again. Like, I can't <laughs> believe it. And I put that on the fact that I spent five years being positive and happy and eating healthy and taking care of my body. And, and again, the community that I have, because I feel like if I was still in the mindset of five years ago, I wouldn't be able to get back in the ring today. So, um, again, that's another thing that I like to like help people with when they think that something is over, mm-hmm. it's never truly over, you know, and if it, and if, if God, God forbid something awful, awful will happen, if you ever did, like do something or, or whatever, like in, in your job and you can really, really not do anything. Like doctors are completely rolled out, you know, just know <laughs> that life is wonderful outside of it too. Like, cause I had a, I had a all the past five years doing stuff that I never thought I would do before. I've had a fantastic five years outside of wrestling. So um, now I get to, I mean, now I get to be in the swing of things again, but yeah, I I just, again, all the stuff that's happened now I get to help people with it in every capacity. Mm -hmm. So you actually had an opportunity to experience the, um, you had that, that, that window of time where there was the possibility that you would not be able to be the professional wrestler that you were once were. Um, so one of the things that my husband and I have an opportunity to do is we actually get to mentor and spend time with other couples who, uh, one of the spouses, they are professional athletes. And so it's always about the transition. Like, you you may do this for 15, 20 years, 25 years, whatever, depending on the sport, you know, and, and the level of physicality. But at some point in time, you're not going to be able to do that. It has nothing to do with anything other than time. And your body just said, hey, that's enough. <laughs> or mm-hmm. whomever you're working with, they want to pivot and move in a different direction. So while you're doing your wrestling, what do you do to make sure that you have your the next phase of your life accounted for so that you're stepping into something and not having to figure it out? So um, I brought, we brought up Meech before this, like, you know, Meech uh, Golden, he's a fantastic manager for me too. And he's always keeping me positive as well. Even when I have those days of like, oh my gosh, I'm in panic mode. Like I'm 30 now, you know, like age is always like a factor to us. I don't know why, but it's just like, you know, but the, the thing that's really wonderful is that he, you know, managed to set up all these Zoom calls, which I realized how many Zoom calls you have to do when you're not focused on one thing and you're trying to like <laughs> build a new brand and build like a whole new career. You're just like, oh my gosh, like the amount of Zoom calls I've done is, is, is wild. But we're, we're starting to build like a really nice structure. And I, I love that. Like, you know, um, we got like this wonderful um, book deal and um, these production companies want to work with me so I had a meeting with like around 10 production companies and I'm like all these people have an interest and I think that's wonderful like I want to be able to do a docu-series show with them not so much like a reality like I did with Total Divas where it's more it was kind of similar to like Housewives you know where we kind of just Mm -hmm. there's a lot of women where we bickered and 
I'm like, I don't want to be, I don't want to do that kind of show. This docuseries I want to be able to do is again, to help people. So it's to follow me and my boyfriend, cause he's been through a lot too on a journey where, you know, we, we can help people and talk about everything that we've been through and show them that you can come out on the other side and then continue and watch me rebuild Soraya because at 30 I'm rebuilding myself. And that's, yeah. that's I, I'm just showing that age doesn't matter to you. I know 30 is still young, but to a lot of people, it's scary to rebuild yourself at 30. It is really mm -hmm. scary. And I'm starting essentially from scratch again, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I get it. I was 40 when I started yeah. my rebuild. So See, listen, that's, that's so empowering <laughs> and that's beautiful. And like hearing that from you just, makes me think that I can do it, you know? And Absolutely. so that's, that's beautiful. It gives me chills, but you know, like I <laughs> started at 40, I'm like, yes, you did. That's awesome. <laughs> that's so awesome. <sighs> yeah. And you brought up Meech. Uh, Meech is, um, he keeps it golden. And yes. so I appreciate um, everything that he does. And I know that he, he's one of the most positive people that I've ever encountered. Oh my gosh, so I yes. know that he keeps you, he keeps you up and yes. he keeps you focused on like, keep your eye on the prize and all this other stuff. So that's, it's wonderful that you have him as a part of your team. He's amazing. He really is very, very positive. Like I, I will have like these, I will literally be freaking out. Cause I, I'm like my own worst enemy at times too. Like I can get in my head, you know, and I'm just like, Oh, like, and I still get insecure about a lot of things, you know, it, it mm -hmm. happens. It happens to the best of us. And, you know, I'll get a voice message to him and I'm like, me, <laughs> and he will, he'll talk me off a ledge, you know, because like, um, I just know that I can always reach out to him in a, in a friendship thing, rather than just a manager client thing. He's just always mm -hmm. going to be there at whatever time. He's just like, I got you. Everything's going to be okay. You're going to be doing this soon. Next year's going to be a bit like, you know, I'm just like, yeah, don't hype me up. He's just truly wonderful. <laughs> so your journey has been so unique and powerful that Dwayne, the rock Johnson produced a movie about your journey titled mm -hmm. fighting with my family. Now fighting yes. with my family was top three in the USA when it came out and number one in Europe. Did that create a level of uncomfortable vulnerability with the world having that much of access to your life in that way? Yeah. So like, well, the wonderful thing about the movie was um, they just did such an incredible job with it. So this mm -hmm. is how the movie even came about is there's a documentary because I come from a wrestling family in the UK and we had a documentary when I was younger about my journey trying to get to the WWE. But mm -hmm. so Dwayne was filming Fast and Furious in the UK and he stumbled across this documentary and was just like, oh, I love this. Right. And that's called Fight With My Family, too. Um, and so he was during WrestleMania and he didn't realize I got signed at that point to WWE. So I get like a text on my phone backstage at WrestleMania being like, hey, it's DJ. Uh, I would love to speak to you at some point. And I'm like, excuse me for like, I said, who the is DJ and why is he texting my phone? You know, like, who is this person? And I had like this producer next to me called Dean Malenko and he was just like, that's Dwayne Johnson, you idiot. I'm like, oh my God, Dwayne Johnson is texting my phone? Like, this is crazy. At this point, I'm 21, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh. And so he he brings me, um, he, he sends someone to come get me, he brings me to his locker room, which once I got in there, he was like, hey, I'm DJ. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Dude, yeah, of course, hello. You know, and he was just like, oh, I saw your documentary. And he was like, I just absolutely loved it. He was like, thank God for insomnia because, you know, it was very late when I got to see it. And he's like, so I want to make a movie on your life. And I'm like, 21. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Usually people have to pass away for a movie to be made on their life, right? And here I am, alive and kicking. Yeah. And so like, and then he told me like, I was going to debut on the main roster the next day, become Divas champion. And I was just like, oh my God, that's so much information. And then he was like, but don't tell anyone because it's a secret. And I was just like, oh shoot. Okay. So I leave his locker room and then his cousin Tamina, who's a, who is a WWE wrestler too. She was walking in to go say hi. And I was walking out crying my eyes out and she was just like, what were you doing in this? And I'm like, I'm just a really big fan of Dwayne. Like I didn't know what else to say because I wasn't supposed to tell her anything. So fast forward a few years later, 
I was going through all that up and down, all that public controversy and stuff like that. So the movie was nearly not going to get made because of my actions, right? Mm, so mm-hmm. if that would have come out, that would have been, would have been my fault. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And he's the reason, one of the reasons why I decided to get clean and get better and, and get, mm-hmm. you know, and get my butt back to WWE and start training training again. Because I was just like, if this movie doesn't come out and if I start, I'm going to regret this for the rest of my life. You know, I have this mm-hmm. opportunity to have like, you know, and then I heard that MGM wanted to pick it up and then Lionsgate was picking it up and then all these just uh, film four picked it up. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And then you have Florence Pugh, who's Black Widow now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she was playing me and I was just like, oh my gosh, Florence Pugh, you know. Then you had Stephen Merchant writing and directing it. And then you have Lena Headey, who is one of the stars of Game of Thrones. She played Cersei Lannister. I was just like, oh my gosh, like, this is a huge <laughs> deal. And I'm yeah. like, I nearly effed that up, you know? And so, um, yeah, it, feel, it, it was awesome when it, sorry, I'm t- telling the long story here. I apologize. I, I sometimes tend to do no, that. No, no, please, please. Yeah. It's in your words. It's your, your time at the table. Thank you. Um, so the movie came out and then they were like, okay, we're going to go to Sundance with this too. And I was like, Sundance? I was like, I can't believe this. Like Sundance is like this huge film festival. And I was just like, oh my gosh. So, um, you know, we get there and just, there was like a standing ovation for it. But first of all, I was sitting next to Florence and she was looking at me like, usually people are dead, but now I have to sit next to you while you watch me play you. And I'm like, it's okay. You're doing a fantastic job. Like you, you're a better me than me, you know, you make me look better, you know? And so it was just really beautiful to see like how receptive positively, you know, people were to that movie. And it was toned down in a way that my family are a lot more crazy, you know, but I mean, that would be more than a PG movie if they really showed my family to its full extent. But um, they did such a wonderful job and I just felt so lucky. And I'm just like, I have all the wrestlers in all the world. They did a movie on me and I was just like, that is such, who else can really say that? I'm like, that's such a beautiful thing. And I just feel so lucky. I just, I was, I just, even, even now, you know, the movie's been out for a few years now. People are still coming up to me being like, I was inspired by, by that movie because you came from a small town. It's like a female Rocky movie and it's more than just mm-hmm. a wrestling movie. It's just about, you know, a girl from a small city, like making it to a different country, getting, getting to the big leagues of wrestling you know, where the likes of Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock was built. And to actually make it, it was just so beautiful. And and yeah, I just, I'm, I'm glad that that movie also inspired people. But yeah, having people look at you through the microscope with that too, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to know like a lot of things about me. But <laughs> again, it's an inspiring story. So I'd rather tell it so then it can help a lot of people too. So it has a, a lot more upside than it does downside. <laughs> Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests. We're gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. And nothing like being able to tell your own story. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like telling your story in your words. There's power in that, just having that ability as well. So mm-hmm. um, that's a, that's wonderful. Will you share with us, and I know you've already talked about some of the challenges that you've experienced in your life, but will you share with us one of the most challenging moments of your life? And knowing what you learned through that process, what advice would you go back and tell yourself about how to navigate that journey? The one thing, there was a, there's a bunch of different things, you know, again, that I've went through, which... I wish I didn't. The one thing, though, as I really, really wish I didn't, which I do regret, is the um, the videos that I did. And I wish I was smart enough to realize that it's not the smartest decision to let yourself be filmed, you know? And a lot of women are really young and naive, and they kind of, like, mm-hmm. they want to make their partner at the time happy. And I just want women to know, like, you don't have to do that kind of stuff. You really don't. But it also isn't the end of the world when things like that do come out. And like, that's the important part is like how my family was so supportive with it. My dad used Kim Kardashian as a reference. I was like, I'm not going to be as big as Kim Kardashian dad. Like, you know, when it comes to that, that tape, but you know, it's not as big of a deal as how we, how we feel it is. So I just want women to know, like if again, God forbid that was to ever happen to them, social media isn't real. It's out there. Again, you can't change the fact that it's out there. But just know, like, the the the, the sea gets calmer after a while. And to not let, you know, people, especially on social media, tell you that you're not a good person or, you know, like, um, or tell you. Uh, a lot of people have the opinions being like, well, you shouldn't have got filmed if you don't want it out there. And I'm just like... <laughs> That's not how it works. You know? like, I never wanted it out there. I just wanted to please who I was with at the time. And mm-hmm. but yeah, I just want women to know that you know, take control of of their own lives and don't listen to anybody that doesn't have the best intentions for you. And it's easier said than done. But yeah, mm-hmm. I wish I would have told myself that back then. Like, don't do this because I didn't trust that <laughs> that person fully back then. I don't know what I was thinking. I was just like, oh. There's something iffy about you, but I was, I was like, I felt like I had to, like I was 19. I was just like, oh, okay. If this is going to make you happy, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. You know, but mm-hmm. uh, you have to always put yourself first. And I wish I put myself first in that moment. So is that the advice you would have given to that 19 year old Soraya? Put yourself first. Yeah. Trust your gut and put yourself first. I never used mm-hmm. to put myself first up until about five years ago. I always wanted, I was a people pleaser. I always wanted to like, I never wanted to upset people. And anytime there was like drugs or or a boyfriend or whatever, I was just like, whatever, yeah, we'll do whatever you want to do. I never thought about myself. I never put myself first. And I just wish a lot more people, men and women would, would do that. It's so important to love yourself before you give yourself to somebody else, you know? So, and that's fr- that's in friendships and relationships too. Like just always love yourself first and always put yourself first. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because our capacity to other, our capacity to love others is actually capped off at our capacity of how much we can love ourselves. 
Mm-hmm. We You can't love beyond that point. And so taking the time to really get to know you and to love you first, it actually opens up your heart to be able to love people in a greater and more exactly. meaningful way. And also our advantage is because we love ourselves, we'll be more intentional about who and what and where and how we'll engage with other people and having an understanding of real love, then we're able to spot the counterfeits more easily and not only spot them, but because we're choosing us, say, absolutely not. Like, that's (laughs) not a road I'm willing to go down. Yeah, I was like, right now, I'm not afraid to cut people out. I and I used to be scared of doing that, being like, well, I don't want to hurt that person's feelings, but they're not good for me, you know? So why mm-hmm. am I letting them, like, why do I care about hurting their feelings when they don't care about mine? So mm-hmm. like, now I'm not afraid to be like, this isn't working out, you know, I would rather continue on my journey without this person than to keep them in and then affect my mental health, because mental health is very important. But again, luckily I have a boyfriend of four and a half years now where he, I don't have to worry about what he's thinking or if he's going to be mad at me for any unknown reason or, you know, or he's just always encouraging me to be better. And I just, I love that. And the friendships I have now too are all very encouraging. Like, it's just, it's really wonderful to have that wonderful the community, but don't be afraid to cut people off. I'm telling you, <laughs> health, don't be afraid. <laughs> So we're going to move into the next segment of our conversation. And the title of this segment is I am bringing her to the table with me. And this segment allows you the opportunity to give another woman her verbal flowers, because you know that without a shadow of a doubt, your career would not be where it is today without her fingerprint on your life. Mm -hmm. Okay. It might be just a couple of them. Actually, <laughs> so um, if I can say, okay, okay, yes. Well, I, there's there's four strong women. Anyone outside of that, I just don't know, right? I don't. I but these four women are just so incredible. First of all, um, Joy Lynn, uh, she was in WWE um, in the studios pod, doing all the PR and all that kind of fun stuff. And she's just always been my number one supporter throughout the whole thing. She was there for my ups and downs and she never turned her back on me. And even up until this point, you know, she's helping me build a a career outside of wrestling. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, she's just so supportive all the time. When when, um, she brought the movie over to my house one day just so I could watch it, you know, uh, before it came out. Because the first time I watched it, I cried my eyes out that I couldn't remember it. (laughs) She brought it over and we all sat down and she was crying. My boyfriend was crying. It was like a whole thing. So her, Joy Lynn, she's just really wonderful. Um, Renee Paquette, who uh, was in WWE with me and now she's also in AEW with me. She's just been my friend again and has never stopped being beside me. She also has... A wonderful podcast. She's also a chef. So you guys need to meet each other because <laughs> you would absolutely adore her. I don't know anyone that doesn't like Renee. I feel like you two would be so compatible. She's just a really, um, she's influential in a positive way, you know, and she just, she's just a, such a wonderful person. You have to meet each other. You guys, as soon as I saw that you did like food and stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, you're Renee. Um, <laughs> I have another friend, uh, Raquel Welch. She has a famous famous name. She's not the Raquel Welch, though, but she was named after her. Um, she was my friend outside of wrestling, outside of anything. She is not in the public eye. She's, she doesn't do anything like that. She's just, uh, she does, um, she was a bartender when I first met her. Um, and now she does photography for a clothing company. And she still doesn't know that one or two things about wrestling. She still does it. She just loves me for me. And again, she was there for me when all my other friends in our friend group at the time in Florida, she was the only one that stood beside me the whole time. And she let me live with her when I was at my lowest. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, and she also, whenever I needed photos taken, she would drop everything and come over to my house. She lived <laughs> with me for a little bit too. I returned the favor and she's just an incredible person. And then the last one is my mom, because without mm-hmm. her, I wouldn't be in the wrestling business. You know, my mom and dad both started WAW, which is their wrestling company. But um, I wouldn't have my wonderful name, Soraya. She came up with that. <laughs> it was actually a crazy story. She was, um, 
And okay, so this story, she's a rocker, right? She has like bright red hair and like piercings and tattoos. She was at a Slayer concert in the 80s and she misheard Slayer for Soraya because she was under the influence of Slayer. <laughs> and so I'm technically named after Slayer. And so like, thank you for that mother. Um, but she's been my rock throughout the whole thing, like my best friend. So my mom, Sweet Soraya is her wrestling name, but her real name is Julia. Okay. Yeah. You know what? So, so I see a pattern in your life. You started out our conversation and we talked about how you were part of the pioneering women, um, really establishing, you know, and shaping women in WWE. And it, it was a collective group of women. And then when we get to the point where you're bringing a woman to the table, it's not one woman for you, it's multiple women. And so it's clear that you understand the power of togetherness. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, you love the people that you connect with. Like mm -hmm. once you connect with you, once you're in your circle and in your life, now knowing that, listen, you're not afraid to cut people out. So we ain't talking about you letting everybody in. But once you <laughs> find your people, you mm -hmm. love your people. Oh, 100%. you love your people. I am yeah. fiercely loyal to my friends. Yes. Like I will always have their back. I will always be there for them. Like they were there for me. Like I, I just will always be there for them. And I'm, I'm one of my love language is gift giving too. So yeah. like when it comes to like Christmas and birthdays, like especially Raquel, because she's just like, you know, she is my number one. I just like, she gets inundated with stuff. She's just like, will you stop? Like she's just, and she never asked for anything from me, which I, which I love. Like she, like none of the women do. They never, they never ask anything from me. They just want to be there for me. And I feel like that's so important um, because like, I, I would always be there if they wanted time for me. I would absolutely give it to them. But the fact that they're just like, they don't ask. They never ask. They're such selfless women. And mm -hmm. I wish they would ask for more stuff because <laughs> I would do it. <laughs> but they just they just want happiness and they just want everyone to be healthy. And that's just so important for me. Mm -hmm. So let's move into our final segment of our conversation. And it is titled food is love. And as you mentioned, you know that I am a chef. And so these questions just speak to me because this is one of the ways that I love people to life and that's through food. So my first question for you is what food best describes your personality and why? I would say, okay, so I would say at first I was going to say pizza because everyone loves pizza, but not everyone loves me. So I'm going to say pasta <laughs> bolognese because mm -hmm. it's very, it's good I can be a little much at times, you know, you get a little full. <laughs> You're like, all right, her energy is too much to me sometimes. So take a little five minutes away. So that's I love that dish, by the way. How has food, has food ever been healing for you? Oh, 100%. So after my, after I started kind of grappling my addiction, I wasn't eating very much back then. Mm -hmm. um the drugs and stuff would would stop me from being hungry so i wouldn't eat so once i got sober man i loved to eat like i absolutely loved it like i i started getting bigger and bigger and i did not care because i was just like i just i have such a a, a love for food again I, I'd, I'd spent a couple of years of just like not taking care of my body but although i started eating mcdonald's i can't eat that now because i ate a lot of mcdonald's <laughs> Oh, I could not eat it now. Sorry, you guys. If you love McDonald's, like, oh gosh, I cannot see another one. But I was just eating so much food. And then during the pandemic too, um, I switched over. Well, I've been plant-based for four years now, completely plant-based. Mm -hmm. And during the pandemic, I, I started to teach myself different um, like plant-based recipes and all that kind of fun stuff and trying to teach myself how to cook. I'm not saying I'm like you or Renee, but <laughs> I mean, I can do a couple of dishes and it tastes really good. I make it with love, you know? And so, yeah, like, that, like so after my addiction and then during the pandemic, like it just felt exciting to me to create some recipes plant-based wise. Mm-hmm. And the final question is, does your family have an heirloom recipe that is passed down from generation to generation? So my mom is actually in the middle. She doesn't have just one recipe. My mom is a chef too. And so she's a big foodie. So she is writing down, handwriting them because she's, she's a little more old school. She's like, we don't need to print these out. 
because she's she's taken the time to write down all these recipes in this big book from her and my grandma and stuff and just get them together she's gonna send them to me so i can't wait to get get a hold of them but the first thing she taught me uh, was actually a bolognese which is why it's one of my favorites <laughs> and um and a shepherd's pie which is a obviously a british dish you would know it's just delicious and it's pretty easy to make so yeah just those two uh, dishes especially is my mom's favorite <laughs> mhm that's going to be one of the greatest gifts that you are ever going to receive because you'll be able oh, yeah. to take that book and pass it along for generations. Like, so everybody will know your mom, everybody will know your grandma. So that mm -hmm. is going to be, that is definitely an heirloom gift that will be able yes. to be passed down for generations. Well, Soraya, I am so grateful that you took the opportunity to take some time with me and to stay a while and have a conversation in your words. Is there anything that we did not talk about that you would like to share with the listeners? Um, I think we actually covered it, but um, I just want to say this is a whole, like a whole different audience for me. So um, I welcome them all to watch the movie Fire With My Family. If they like mm -hmm. it, fantastic. And if they've heard my story so far, um, I, I hope that this interview has helped them in a way to know that they're not alone and everything does get better. So I just, I just more focusing on your listeners. I just hope this helped them a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. So how can people find you and follow along with you on your journey? Okay, so um, Instagram is just Soraya, um, at Soraya, S-A-R-A-Y-A. -A. Twitter, I'm also Soraya. Um, on TikTok, I still have my WWE name. It's um, uh, WWE, uh, I think, or is it official page WWE? And then I'm also on Twitch where I do a lot of live streams. Um, that's Sraya Official. So um, yeah, if you want to come and hang out with me on there, fantastic. I love to speak. I like to talk a lot. So if not, you can catch me on AEW on TBS on Wednesdays. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Soraya. And just know that you are welcome anytime at the In Her Words table. Thank you so much. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.